Today's Bible verse reading is on page 929 in your pew Bibles. It's Luke 19, 9 and 10. Again, it's Luke 19, 9 and 10. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Good morning. So thankful to be here today, thankful that you have chosen to be here. I know that we have a lot that are traveling this week because of fall break, but I'm glad that you are here, and I know that we have several guests with us. What we'd love for you to do is fill out an attendance card, and uh, you can leave it in the pew if you want to, or afterwards you can uh, take it by Information Central. We would love to know that, that you are here, and we thank you for choosing to be here today. We have a couple big things coming up. One is uh, we have a fall festival October 19th. Uh, there will be a trunk or treat in that. There will be a, uh, a, des- a dessert cooking contest. Y'all ready for that? I don't know if I get to be the judge or not. I, hadn't, I don't know about that. But it will be a really neat night. I hope that you will be a part of it. And what we really need is a lot of vehicles, who are, people who are willing to decorate their vehicles that night so their children will be able to go car to car and uh, be able to get candy. So I l- would love for you to be a part of this and this to be a big thing. We will, uh, for us, and we will also uh, be able to eat together that night. So please plan on being here and participating. Also, next week, I want to ask you to do something I bet you're going to do anyway. I want you to eat next week. You okay with that? Next Sunday morning, after services, whether it's first service or second service or Sunday night service, I'd love for you to go out to eat or have somebody else from here over to your house. And uh, as you do that, one of the things I'd like you to talk about, I don't know about you, I'm part of a lot of different conversations. One thing I'd like for everybody to do at the table is to share how you became a Christian. I think it'd be really neat. You know, if you were able to to go out to eat with somebody or have somebody over your home and, and to be able to sit there, we would learn more about each other, but also help us getting in the practice of telling people about Christ and what Christ has done for us. I hope that you will plan on that. It'll be something that'll be self-directed. We will ask you to do that. I'm looking forward to it, and I hope that you'll be planning on that. Let's go to God in prayer as we begin this morning. Our holy God, we come before you. We are thankful for your love and your kindness. And Lord, we are thankful that you were willing to rescue the perishing. For without you, we would be lost. Lord, help us to see ourselves in your word and help us to live accordingly. In Christ's name we pray, amen. What does it mean to have a successful life? What would it mean today if if I were to ask you, what would success look like? Some people say, you know what, I feel like I could be successful if I had the money I needed to pay the bills and I were comfortable. There are many of us who, who, who desire that. Some people want to be really rich. Some people want to be enough to, to, to cover their needs, whatever it may be. But let's say that you had a lot of money. Let's say also that you had a lot of authority that came along with that. Would you feel satisfied in your life? Would you feel that that is where you wanted to be? And along with that, not only do you have money and power, but people know you. Famous may not be the right word, but you have notoriety. People know who you are. And not for anything bad necessarily, but would you feel successful? Would you feel that your life be fulfilled if you had the money you needed, if you had the the power or influence that you could have and and you were famous? And what also, if you had got to the top of that ladder in whatever area of work you have, 
If you were considered to be successful in that, you, you climbed to the top, would you feel that you were successful? What would your quality of life be? There's a different thought in that, and, and it may be, what if you had all those things, and many times the quality of our life is, it may, be, may be determined by some of those things, but it's determined by the quality of our friends. I'm thankful. I feel like I have some of the best friends in the world and look forward to making more friends and new friends. But I think about how, how much better life is when you have people who are surrounding you, people who care about you, people who support you, people who you can laugh with, people you can cry with, and, and you have that support. To me, that helps the, the quality of life to go better, and our life is truly better with friends. What would life be without it? Let's imagine, if you will, that again, that, 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 that you didn't have friends. Well, how lonely would that life be? Some of y'all are saying, Craig, I get this. I already feel this way. Just because you're in a room full of people doesn't exclude you from feeling lonely, and, and I get that. But let's say this. Let's say, can you imagine that you have the life that a lot of people want, that you have a ton of money, that you, you are loaded money-wise. Not only that, you have power and influence over others. And not only that, you, you are well-known. You have, have a notoriety about you, and you have all those things, and you have risen as far as you possibly can in whatever it is you've chosen to do, but you're by yourself. Would you feel as though you had a successful life? Would you be longing for something more? I want us to talk about a guy that I think was probably pretty lonely. His name is Zacchaeus. In Luke 19, verses 1 through 10, we read about he and Jesus coming in, in a, into one another's company, and I want us to read about this. And the thing is, many times when you only talk about this story at Vacation Bible School, or we only talk about this story in our children's classes. I think there's so much here for us. If you will, open your Bibles to Luke 19. Let's read together. It said, And he, that being Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he, he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when he came to the, to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to him to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, I give half my goods to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone anything, I'll restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also the son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save the lost. What did we just learn? What did we just learn about Zacchaeus? I, uh, one, we realize that he is Jewish. He's called a son of Abraham. We, we see that. He's also not just a tax collector. He is a chief tax collector. You have to realize during that time, these were some of the most hated people 
In, in Judaism, here's the reason why, because they were not employed by the, the Jews, they were employed by the Romans. The Romans would say, all right, we, what we need from you is we need you to go and collect taxes from everyone. And we want this amount, and anything you get over that amount is yours. Let that sit in a second. We need this, let's, let's just do percentage. We want 10%, but anything over 10% that you can get from the people belongs is your own personal thing. And if they refuse to give, you have the power of the Roman army to come in and help you. That's a pretty good deal, right? How many people do you think would abuse that? Would you, would, would you abuse that and say, hey, uh, I, we get 1% too, let's go ahead and double that, whatever the case may be. So the Jews not only hated being taxed by the Romans, they could not believe that their own brethren would side with the Romans and come and do what? Cheat them out of money. And force them to, to give beyond what they were supposed to give. If he is a chief tax collector, that means not only had, I would guess had he been a regular tax collector, but he had done so well, he had moved up to where there were tax collectors under him. That's who he was. He, had to, he was somebody who was wealthy, also he was short. I don't know why that matters. I feel bad for the guy. There's some great ballads, right? The ballad of John Henry or Casey Jones. I don't think the ballad of Zacchaeus is that great. I don't think that's the song you want written about you that just talks about how small in stature that you are. But there are also some very powerful things. He wanted to see Jesus. We'll look at that in a second. Also, because of his job, he would be vilified. The other people referred to him as a what? A great sinner. Why would Jesus go to the home of a great sinner like this and he would be vilified and hated by the people around him? He is someone, as we talked about before, when it comes to life, he'd have money. He would be at the top of his profession. He is, he is someone that would have power and he would have influence, but I'm going to tell you, he would also be alone. If he did have friends, more than likely they'd be there for the money. People aren't going to ask to hang out with him a whole lot. On top of that, he's somebody who is living sinfully is lost. That is what we see in Zacchaeus. But we also see so much that he was important to God. He was so very important to God, and, and we look there. As he is up in that tree, what's the first thing we realize? He sees me. Jesus looks up in that tree, and he sees him there. How awesome. Feeling invisible is a very difficult thing. Now, I'm going to guess that at times Zacchaeus was overlooked because of his height. You're just looking around and, and, and hoping that, that he would see him, but sometimes he's overlooked because people didn't want to see him. When I, when I was in high school, I played football, and I wanted to be put in so badly that I'd follow the head coach around. Whenever he turned around, I'd be there. You know what? For most of the time, he never saw me. How do you not see me? Because he was looking for somebody else. 
Very few people are looking for Zacchaeus. If they are looking for him, they're going to look at him and find a way to go around him. That is his life, but Jesus saw him. As one person said, it would be easy to say that I feel invisible. Instead, I feel painfully, visibly, and entirely ignored. He's a guy that's not going to have a lot of friends. He is a guy who, who people are going to want to stay away from. But what does Jesus do? Jesus sees him. I'm going to guess when most people saw him, they looked at him like this, okay? If you remember this, Michael Phelps getting his game face on for swimming a few years ago. Very scary. I don't know what he's listening to on his headphones, but he needs some happy music, okay? But can you imagine being someone, if they, you do get looked at, you get glared at, or you're somebody who people look through you, people look and they roll your eyes. But Jesus saw him. Not only did Jesus see him, Jesus calls him by name. He knew him. Jesus calls him by name. What a big deal it is. He didn't go, hey, you, come down from there. Hey, how'd you get in that tree anyway? Would you, would you please come down from there? That, that wasn't it. He saw him and he knew him. Dale Carnegie said this, a person's name is to him or her the sweetest and most important sound in any language. I have no idea what other names Zacchaeus has been called. I'm going to say being called by his name would be a really good thing. Realize you have this big guest in town this day. He, he is the son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the one that is going through this world. This is right before he's getting ready to go to the cross. The next week of Jesus' life is going to be the final week. So he has a reputation of somebody who's been able to heal people. Somebody who's been able to raise people from the dead. Somebody who's been able to feed thousands. Somebody who's able to do miracles. And the most popular person you can imagine comes to town and not only does he, he look up and he sees me, but he calls me by name. What an incredible thought that he knows him. Anybody ever messed up your name? When I was in college, I, I went forward one night at the Henderson Church of Christ. I went up and, and uh, wrote my note and, and gave it to the, the people there and, and uh, had signed it, and a couple of friends were sitting with me on the front row, and, and uh, the man went up to pray, and he said, Lord, please be with Ralph. Now, Brother Gilmore needs your prayers. Don't, don't get me wrong, but that's not who went forward. I remember thinking, wow, it's written on the paper. I wrote it down. I, I wrote it down. I've been here for nine years. You should know me by now. You know, I'm sitting here trying to think, wow, how, how was it like to have your name not say it? also determined the Lord knew that Ralph equaled Craig that night. But it would have been nice to hear my name. Dale Carnegie said, what's the sweetest thing that, that you've had said to you? Can I tell you? My boy calls me dad. Six months old, seven months old. Hey, dad. It's pretty awesome. It is incredible. It is incredible. And, and, and to hear that and, and to know that he is calling me by name, what an incredible thought. How sweet would it have been? To Zacchaeus' ears to have the Lord call his name. 
This is a quote I love. So Satan knows you by your name but calls you by your sin. Jesus knows your sin, but he still calls him by his name. He did not say, hey, tax collector, come down. Hey, publican, come down. Hey, despised one, come down. Hey, little guy, come down. Zacchaeus, you come down. And we also see that he wanted it. He invited himself into Zacchaeus' home. What a big deal. Look what it says. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay in your house today. I, I have to come. If Jesus asked today to come to your house, would you be like, that'd be awesome? Or would you be like, can we just meet at Cracker Barrel? Can we just meet? I'm not sure I'm comfortable with you coming in. It's not clean. It's not whatever the case may be. I doubt that uh, Jericho had a Cracker Barrel, so that may not be a good illustration. But I must come to your house today. Of all these people, all the people in the world, I want to come to your house today. I want to see you. I want to spend time with you. As they go to their house, they said, and they grumbled when he saw it. They all grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of a man who was a sinner. The other people do not understand. They don't understand why Jesus came. They don't get it. Because to these other spiritual people, these other Jewish people, these other Pharisees that may be around, they don't understand. They don't understand. Why would Jesus want to spend time with the sinner when he can hang out with really nice people like us? When he can hang out with spiritual giants like us, why would he want to go to the house of a tax collector? You hear me quote often. If not, you will continue to. There's nothing greater than being fully known and fully loved. It's what we want. Somebody who, who knows everything about us, yet loves us anyway. To be fully known, somebody to know everything about us, and to not be loved is what? Rejection. That's why many of us are scared to say who we are. We put out the best version of ourselves. We, we don't want to do that. And, and, and there are some people who are not known at all, and they are fully loved. And what is that? That is shallow. Jesus knows everything about him and loves him anyway. What an incredible day for Zacchaeus. Jesus has an invitation. The way he shows that he loves him, the way he shows him he's important, he sees him, he knows him, he wants him. Can you imagine being Zacchaeus in that tree and be like, wow, this man sees me, he knows me, and he wants to spend time with me? What did that do? It was life-changing. There was an impact on, on him, and, and the thing is, let's swap this around. Let's look at Zacchaeus just for a second. So we do see Jesus. Jesus sees him. Jesus wants him. Jesus uh, knows him, and Jesus wants him. And, but there's another side to this. How did Zacchaeus see Jesus? First of all, we're told that he did what? He sought Jesus. He sought him out. This word sought here means he pursued him. It was like a quest. He, he wanted to find him. What did he do? He ran and he climbed a tree. 
don't know about you, but I have never climbed a tree in a tunic and sandals. I'm going to guess it's not easy. I'm going to guess that's not one of the easiest things you can do. Now, again, our sycamores that we think about, when you see a sycamore here, you look to a sycamore tree, it is straight, and you go up 20 feet before you start hitting limbs. Well, again, the tree I have here is more than likely the type of tree that they were climbing. It is something he could get to. But he sought him out. He ran ahead. He saw this tree. He, he climbed up there. There's a couple reasons here. Think about this. One, there is going to be a great crowd. Yes, he is short, but listen, nobody's going to let Zacchaeus get in front of him. Y'all probably been places where you see a kid or somebody is not able to see and people part way a little bit and let them come up and see. They're not going to do that for him. They're more likely going to get more shoulder to shoulder to keep him out and to keep him away. And so he does the one thing he can do. Climbs a tree so he can see. When you think about the Indiana Jones movies, they're all about quests. They're all about searching for something. And he's not going to stop until he finds it. That's the way you need to think about this. This is how Zacchaeus felt about Jesus. He was not going to stop till he found it. He sought him out. It was a quest. It was the desire of him to see him. I believe there are people who are on a quest for truth. Some are on a quest for health. Some are on a quest for the meaning of life. Some are on a quest for salvation. I don't know what it is exactly Zacchaeus was looking for that day, except he was on a quest for Jesus. He was seeking him out this morning. I, you may be seeking and searching. I'm, I'm so glad you are. I pray that you're searching for him and, and that you find him. We, we read in, in Luke 11, verse 9, that ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. That thought of seeking out, putting in the effort. He wanted to see him. God bless Zacchaeus for giving us an incredible example. He was not going to let obstacles stop him from seeing Jesus. Second, not only did he seek him out, he accepted Jesus' invitation joyfully. He was excited when he said it. He, he was hospitable. Yes, you can come to my house. Yes, I, I, I want to spend time with you. He, he didn't say, hey, uh, let me check my eye calendar. Well, today is not great. Can we do it next week? So I don't know about you, but it, have you ever said to somebody, you know what? I hope we can find time to do this. What does that mean? We're never going to do it. I've got a lot of friends who talked about, hey, I hope we can find time to spend time with each other. Until you make time, it doesn't happen. Until you take out a calendar and go, all right, let's meet here on this day at this time. More than likely, it's not going to happen. I love that Zacchaeus is joyfully, yes, I want you to be with me. Today, Jesus is making he would like to come to your house. He'd like, actually like to live in you. He would like to be in your life today. Would you joyfully accept that invitation that he has for you? And, and, and thirdly, not, third, thirdly, not only did he seek him out, not only did he accept his invitation, it changed his life. We're not told how long the meal lasted. We're not told what they had to eat. The thing is, there's a, there's a space in between a couple of verses that, that we don't know exactly what happened from the time they went in to out. But we, what we know is, after this meeting, Zacchaeus comes out and he says, hey, I will give. And some of your versions say, I have given. And it sort of leaves the impression that Zacchaeus was already this really good guy. If he was a really good guy, there's no need for Jesus to go to his house. 
Jesus didn't come to go to a saved person's house. He said, I came to seek and save what? Lost people. I think he's saying from now on, my life is now so changed that as I get this, half I'm going to give, I'm going to give to the poor. Half I get, receive. And if I have cheated anybody, I am going to look back at my past life. And if I've cheated anybody, I'll give them fourfold, which is beyond what the law demanded. His life changed because Jesus came into his life and he was willing to accept him. Don't miss the fact that this comes right after the story of the rich young ruler. Both of them were very wealthy. Now, one person said, realize he, he asked for all of it from one and half from the other. I don't know what Jesus asked for from the second. We're not told. We're just told that he said that's what he would give. But we have one guy here who, who said, I have kept all these commands from my youth. He says, well, do this. And he says that he went away sorrowful. Zacchaeus seemed to be joyful in the fact Jesus wanted to come home and also joyful in the fact to make a change in his life. There is a vast difference. And he said, because of this, salvation has come to this house. What an awesome thought. It tells us Jesus came for this purpose to seek and save lost people. Now, I've quoted this verse as long as I can quote verses. But I was much older before I ever realized it was at the end of the story of Zacchaeus. It's interesting to me. Most of the time I quit, read, quit reading in the, in, in the story of Zacchaeus when the song ended. You know, because they're coming to your house today, you go through, and, 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 and that's sort of where it ended. That is not the case. I look and he says, the Son of Man came to seek and save lost people. So I think there's some practical things for it today. You need to know today, I know that there are those in here who are seeking God, and you may not be seeking Him, but can I tell you today, He's seeking you. He wants you. And I hope today you realize that He's came to seek and save the lost. He knows you. He sees you. He wants you to be His. That Jesus saves Zacchaeus should help us to know that He wants to save us. Zacchaeus would be viewed as a very sinful person. And, and part of that thought is, I think, to be helpful to us, that if Zacchaeus can save him, he can save us. The other part is, Zacchaeus, in most of our eyes, would have had everything you would want in this world. But he needed a Savior and ended up finding a friend, somebody who came to his house and shared time and shared a meal with him. Jesus wants to be with you. He came to seek and save lost people. We're in the middle of our fall focus. And we have been asking week to week, the first month, we, we encouraged you and challenged you with Scripture to be committed to, the, committed to Christ. Last month, we, we, we focused on being committed to the church. And this month, we want to talk about being committed uh, to the community, connected to the community. We're talking about evangelism. It's a big deal. That's who we're supposed to be about making disciples. So for just a second, many times when, when I read the story of Zacchaeus, what I look at is I, I say, well, I'm Zacchaeus. Jesus wanted to come save me, and that is true. But I think part of the point of this story is for us to put ourselves in the shoes of Jesus. If we want to seek and save lost people, we do it the same way he did. We do it the same way we, he did and, and realize that what we have to do is realize that people are important to God, therefore people must be important to us too. 
We need to start looking up into trees. <laughs> we need to be looking around every day to make sure people know they're seen. Make sure people know they're important. That means we see them. Two, we need to help people know that we know them, and we need to be learning people's names and getting to know people and help them to know that we care about them. Some of us go to the same restaurants on a regular basis. Let's get to know the people who take care of us. We may go to the same stores, have the same person that, that checks us out each time. Let's get to know them. We have people we work with. Let's help them know that they're seen and they're known and also that they are desired by God because when that happens, they will know they are loved by Him. What if this week, what, what would change? If we want to help everybody know that they are important to God, we let them know that by letting them know they're important to us. We see them. We help them know, know that they are known, that they are what? They are wanted and they are loved. Let us be people who do that and help us to help let them know that Jesus came for them, that Jesus came for them. What difference will it make if we focus on that? To make all the difference in the world makes that difference in eternity. It made a difference in the life of Zacchaeus. Nobody would have ever gone, you know what? I think that Zacchaeus would be a really good person for Jesus to reach out to because he could do a lot of good. I don't think Zacchaeus would be in the top 100 anybody would have chosen then. But Jesus knows better than we do. So what do we do? We, we spread that message to everyone. This morning, I hope you know, that Jesus has an invitation for you. He, he sees you, he knows you, and he wants you. And how do you respond to that? You seek him, you accept him, and you change for him. This morning, can we help you with that? This morning, can we, can we help you in your walk with him? Can we help you as you realize how loved and cared for you are and you respond today to what become a child of his, to be what, to accept his invitation to be his? Today, will you choose to be baptized for missionaries of sins? Today, will you choose to repent? Today, will you choose to give your life to him? And today, if we can pray with you and for you, we would love to do that. If we could help you with these things, would you come now while we stand and while we sing?